Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Behind the Pen. We are still on NAPOD promo time. That's National Podcast Postments. That's where a crazy like me decides to record, edit and post one podcast every day through the de- month of November. Yeah, but it's going well so far. I'm, I haven't lost anything yet. We're on day 15 now, so that's really cool. Um, I'm your host, Karina Gantis. I am an award-winning author of 14 books, award-winning filmmaker, podcaster, YouTuber, booktuber. I host the Author Assist Show on the Artist First Radio Network, and I help authors with marketing promotion and everything in between. My guest today is Vanessa, I'm going to get her name wrong, Vanessa Giunta. You're very close. It's Junta. Oh, Junta. Yes. Yes. yes Welcome to the show, Vanessa. So excited. Now I'm going to let everyone into the the truth here that normally I don't know my guests. I know their name only. And as we talk, we get to know who they are behind the pen. Well, I've known Vanessa for quite some time. She is the mother of many, many of us little humble writers in this amazing group on Facebook called the Tri- Writing Tribe. Um we all help each other. We all have Zoom calls. We chat about what we're working on. We do sprints. If it wasn't for, and you know with my books what's going on, if it wasn't for Vanessa, I wouldn't have in times of violence even started, let alone coming up to the finish line. So I love you to bits. And it's the first time I've got you on my uh, platform. We are on uh, the podcast audio, and we're also doing the video cast. You look beautiful. Thank you. So, Vanessa, what do you use your pen for? I use my pen as a sword. No, I don't. <laughs> I should, <laughs> but I don't. Um, no, I, t- I typically write urban fantasy, uh, horror, things like that. Um, this is my book, Javaja, which is the first book of the Soul Cavern series, which is a vampire, not vampire book. I like, I very much like doing um, twists on things, you know, so that they're not what you expect. Like I have a, a, a work in progress that has been in progress for quite a while. It's currently on the back burner, which is why it's still in progress, but it's a zombie, not zombie series. Okay. Okay. We've got, we've got to stop there. Man. First, vampire, not vampire, zombie, not yes. zombie. Yes. Explain <laughs> vampire, not vampire first. So in the creatures in this series they are not dead humans that have come back to life they're alive they're very difficult to kill they do uh feed on blood they are basically um human they seem human right but they are not you they're hard to kill and and so all of the vampire legends because you know humans when we see something we don't understand we try to rationalize it we try to figure it out so all of the vampire legends came up from humans seeing things that this sort of group does, but they didn't understand. So, um, so yeah, so they're not, they're very hard People to kill, but then they think they they're discover- vampires, but they're not vampires because they have none of the vampire traits. They don't have most of the vamp. They have, they have vampire traits, but vampires aren't real, but they are. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. So, um, so they find out that our main character Mecca here can kill them with a touch, Ooh. which makes which 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 
is very deeply disturbing for them. <laughs> so oh, yeah, but they're the bad guys. They're not the good guys. They are the bad guys. Well, they are. Well, yes Some and no. Like because just like humans, not like not all humans are good and not all humans are bad. And so, um, so yeah, so definitely there are bad guys for sure. Yeah, but, and she's the good one who's going after the bad guys. Is there a reason she's going after them? She did not. She didn't know they existed until she accidentally killed one that attacked her. Because she has a gift, uh, she can manipulate human life energy, mm. and she's very limited in her gift because she, once she, her father taught her how to control it and how to not accident generally accidentally kill someone with it. Um, she stopped using it. She didn't want to use it, and um, when this person attacked her, she panicked and she killed him. But when she is, when she manipulates this energy, she can see like the cavern that their soul resides in. And what she recognized as she interacted with more of these people is that they were stealing. What they steal is the soul. And so she recognized that the soul is captured. And, and so she finds it she finds it offensive that they do that. So that is why she, you know, she wants to kill them. So. Okay, and you said this is an urban fantasy. So we're talking in our day and time, yep. all of this is going on. Yep. And the humans don't know that they exist. Nope. And the and humans course, don't know that other people have got magical powers living yes. around them. Yes, exactly. And it's set here in Atlanta. So, uh, which is where I live. And um, so it's funny because like, I take a lot of places, like real places. Yeah. Uh, for example, there's an area of Atlanta called Little Five Points, which is kind of, it's a little more commercialized now, but it's- Touristy. You know, kind of I've even bohemian. heard of it. It's kind of bohemian, not really bohemian, but like, it's got kind of that artsy alternative feel to it. And um, there's this little sketchy looking, uh, uh, parking lot that's sort of beside the square and uh and that's where the first scene is the the opening scene where she kills the dude um is in that parking lot so I've actually during Dragon Con a couple of us went out for uh, after Dragon Con we went out uh to dinner or whatever we went to Little Five Points there's a really good restaurant well there are several really good restaurants there but we parked in that parking lot that was almost in the exact spot she tell everyone and I was like look this is where Mecca kills the guy uh, it was, it was can you explain to everyone what Dragon Con is Dragon Con is a sci-fi fantasy fandom convention that is created for fans by fans. And it has been going on uh, for going on 30 years, or maybe we just hit 30 years. I don't remember. Something like that. I think we just hit 30 years. But um, it is here in Atlanta every Labor Day weekend, which is usually the first weekend of September or the last weekend of August, something like that, you know, um, and uh, it is before the pandemic, we hit about 85,000 people. Um, Over a weekend. Yes. There are five host hotels. 
the convention center that is downtown and it sells out most of the hotels in about a five mile radius. This isn't for um, just books. When you say fandom, we're talking movies, sci-fi movies, sci-fi um, fantasy series that are on TV and stuff. Yep. They have panels and that with famous people and yep. stuff. Wow. Yep. We have, yeah, we have celebrities like um, William Shatner is here pretty regularly. Leonard Nimoy used to come when he was alive. Uh, we have, you know, people from the Marvel Universe. And we they have... allow us little indie authors to come in and, and take a spot. Yep. Wow, yep. that's yep. so cool. Well, we, have, we have a lot of, there are 35 different tracks. So we have things like, I, I, I'm second to the director for the writer's track. We have a, a British track. We have uh, an urban fantasy track, uh, a regular fantasy track, a science fiction track. So we have uh, tracks for all for the, of the writers, for the authors. Yeah. Yes. It's primarily writers, but also like, you know, other, other illustrators. Like, yeah, illustrators, game developers, Comics, all kinds of stuff. But we also wow. have, DragonCon also has other tracks, like they've got a science track and a space track. And they've got, um, we've got, let's see, what else do we have? We have sp and we also have some specific fandom tracks. Like we've got a uh, Star Trek track and um, we've got, what else do we have? Harry we've Potter? Got I'm sorry. <laughs> no, there's not a specific track for Harry Potter, but, but the Brit track, the, the, the British track, uh, they always have like a Harry Potter ball. So there are parties and dance parties and- wow. How big is this place to hold all that? Like I said, it's five. We have five host hotels, so there's panels in all of those hotels, um, and then the like because a track each track has their own room, and oh, so it's not one. I thought it when you said convention, I thought it was one big place with everybody nope. in it. Nope. All right, we have five host hotels, and then we also take over the convention center that is downtown. And that is where the vendor hall, which is multiple levels, hundreds of vendors, and uh, the gaming track, I think, is over there also. So you can go and actually play games. Like, there's a whole gaming pavilion. So people are jumping from one hotel to another to see all these yep. panels? Yep. Do they have to have separate tickets for everywhere, or just... Nope, just one Wow, bag. you listen to some... this, guys. This sounds amazing. If you've never been to conventions before... Yes. Wow. Dragoncon.org is the way. There website. you go. Dragoncon.org. Now let's get back to you. Ooh. I want to know uh -oh. what you were like younger. Younger Vanessa. Were you creative? Did you make stories in your head? Were you artistic? Did you sing? Did you play an instrument? I did play an instrument. I I although I probably shouldn't have. I do not <laughs> I, I have good rhythm, but I am basically tone deaf. <laughs> <laughs> that's why you don't I, sing then <laughs> that's why I don't sing exactly I can like mimic someone I can mimic someone singing but I can't I can't do it by myself um but when I was young I was actually you'll you'll laugh at this I was very shy I was very quiet I did not um you know I was I, I just I, I tried to be small I tried not to take up space um, but I was very creative. We used to, I used to put on little shows with my younger brother and sister. They're all significantly younger than me. I taught my little sister to read when she was like three years old, I think. Uh, we play school because I was, I, my, my nearest sibling is nine years younger than me. 
So I was really the older, you know, the older sibling. And so we used to do, I remember uh, my best friend and my little sister and I, my sister used to, you remember Cabbage Patch Kids? Yeah. So my sister used to have those. So we did this little dance show to the song My Girl with three of her Cabbage Patch Kids and put it on for my mom. It was ridiculous. Yeah. But um, I was active in Girl Scouts when I was a kid and I was in band when I was in middle school. When I was in high school, I, I really, I really enjoyed writing. I was on the school paper for one year. I was going to think, I thought you might be, yeah. Yeah, just for one year though. I moved around. I went to four different high schools in three different states. Wow. So, yeah, it was just, uh, really most of my high school years was, was just making friends because and then I would go somewhere else and make friends <laughs> and go somewhere else. So, but that also helped me a lot because it, I had to come out of my shell, right? If I wanted to have friends, I had to not be small and not fade into the background. But not be too loud either, because then right. that takes and causes the opposite. Yeah. Yes. yes. So that was me younger. I was, uh, I, I always enjoyed writing. I always, that was always something because I was an avid reader, like, like. What kind reader. of books? Stephen King Ugh. was my big one. Oh, I loved Stephen King. I can't read him. He's too flowery. He's too descriptive. Mm, yeah. I can't read I, his writing. Well, keeping in mind that in that, back then, his writing was tighter because he wasn't as big as he is now. And people still edited him then, right? So he's not edited as much. But he, but the thing about Stephen King, and I love him, but he, he, he flubs an ending like there's there's a 50 50 chance that the <laughs> ending is not going to be good but what i love about and don't get me wrong i adore stephen king like, i love I, the films i, I love buy his every, films. i buy every one of them as a matter of fact i've got his new book sitting right over there i no, have no i couldn't do but, it but the thing about stephen king is he has such an incredible grasp on character mm. he understands how people work mm. and he can convey that in on the page and so um yeah so I like became a really big Stephen King fan uh really young I think I was like 13 when I wow. read my first Stephen King do you remember book. what it was um the very first one I read was The Stand The Stand was, yes I was 13 we were my my mom had just divorced my first step not just but my my mom had divorced the first stepdad and she was uh dating who became my my last stepdad um and we had gone on vacation to Wisconsin and I was, I was 13. I was grumpy. <laughs> I was angsty. I was, you know, yeah. so I didn't want to be there. And we had a, this cabin and in the room that I was in, there was this huge bookshelf, like kind of like back here, right? Like books and books. And they had the stand and you know, the stand, it's a big book. It we is a big book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I carried that freaking book around with me everywhere. And I was like, you guys go do your thing. I'm just going to read. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I, but the other thing was too, was I can't, I can't take it because that would be stealing. And I know my mom will buy it for me because it's like a $14 book or whatever. So I was like, I have to finish this finish before, it before we leave. You leave. <laughs> so I read The Stand in a week on vacation. And then so you got addicted yeah. to Stephen King after that. Yes. yes. Mm -hmm. Yep. Wow. And I also read, and, and from him, I kind of branched out to like uh, Dean Koontz. <gasps> there you go. There you go. That is a writer I love. Love but all his I, books. Love his I book stopped, on writing. 
I read I read maybe three or four of his books and I stopped reading because they all felt like the same book but with different characters now it may be different otherwise you know like when like later he might have it might have changed but I just stopped reading because I was like this is very it was very formulaic to me I was just like didn't, no right. I didn't get that what I yeah. loved about his books that he wrote thriller and horror but he wrote about things that could be happening now or mm -hmm. could happen which made it even more chilling daughter yeah. december strange highways his short story collection mm -hmm. um the rats the oh this, See, and that's just... what i liked about some a lot of stephen king's work is it was most of his work was set in the real world it really was and Shame that's i, I mean I, I think books. i think what you like about dean Koontz is very similar to what I like about Stephen King. It sounds is, it, yeah. Which you is got... really cool because it just shows everyone's different tastes. Right? One more, one more name, Richard Layman. I horror. Have, I have read. I want to say I've only read one, one book, one book by. Get hold of the one with the circus. I think that will really help you with what you're writing now. Oh, yeah. Well, you know what I want to reread? I want to reread Something Wicked This Way Comes. I haven't I haven't read that. Oh, my God. That's so good. Is it really? So yeah. <laughs> so good. Okay. Back wow. to back to back to the Sorry. interview. Stop talking Sorry. about books now. Um, what was the first thing you ever had published, Vanessa? The first thing I ever had published? Um... Actually, interestingly enough, like I had like some poetry published when I was a little kid, not little kid, but I was mm -hmm. like not an adult yet. I don't really count that because that was also one of those poetry things where it's about selling the book to the poets, you know, it was a collection like that. So I don't really count that. Actually, my first real published thing was uh, an essay in a, in, um, Did you get in paid book. for it? Yeah. Uh, yes. Right. Um, I still get paid for it when it sells, but the, I mean, it was an essay and there were like 90 of us. So I get like $3 every year or something, oh, well. but it's, it's, I actually have the book over there. I, I would have to go get it, but, um, it's called many genres, one craft. And Ooh. I had been, it, it's basically my MFA in a $35 book for real. Um, you know, not as in depth as an MFA, but it is it like everything from my MFA is in that book. And it is an excellent have on your bookshelf next to your desk. Oh, I need inspiration or, oh, you know, I, I don't understand X thing. And you can just like flip through it and read. And my, per my particular one, I'd been working as a, as an editor uh, for maybe four years or five years at that point. And I wrote an essay called Demystifying What Editors Want. And so, mm -hmm. um, so that was probably my first actual, I, I was, I was published as an editor before I was ever published as an author. <laughs> no, that's, I suppose that helps you. It's all writing, isn't it? It's all right. the craft of writing, whether you write jokes or you write a novel or you do an essay. Um, it sounds like the, the book is like the, the hand bible for authors and it has yeah. everything you need in it. Yep. It's specifically, especially for like commercial fiction, because my MFA that I got, my Master of Fine Arts that I got is from Seton Hill University, which had the first and for a very long time only pro uh, MFA program that is specifically geared for commercial fiction. You don't study Hemingway and Faulkner 
and all of those, you study Stephen King, Dean Koontz, Jackie Collins, Janet Ivanovich, you know. When um, you say it was um, for arts, did you do other stuff like art itself or no, was it all uh, to do with writing? It was all to do with writing. So the Master of Fine Arts is a is a degree that is is specifically for people who are in artistic endeavors but usually it's not like all art it's usually you know because writers that's a creative endeavor right so it's a massive when you think of fine art fine art so i go straight away and see paintings oil paintings and stuff yes but that's not that's not all art right that's not all art. no that's not all i get annoyed when you see like uh online discussion areas and stuff where they have things like grouped out and they always have things like painting and stuff like that but they never have writing it's just like come on we exist hello oh my god this is like behind the pen a journey for artists most of not because i'm an author but most of my guests are writers and authors it's one of the biggest art forms out there i agree i mean it's everywhere everywhere like almost all like most content on the internet is writing you of course know? it is people don't realize that when yeah. you do a twitter post when you do something on yeah. facebook just tell people yeah. what your day was like you are writing and you're yeah. publishing that writing mm-hmm. anything that's written and goes public is published yep and and even videos even on tiktok and stuff like that you still have writing you know, yeah. sometimes the writing is in the description of the video. Sometimes it's in the video itself. Sometimes yeah. the video is made by the writing that goes with what yeah. people are saying. So yeah, exactly. Writing is writing is important. So let's go back. You've got a, another book out with, for this Caverns series. Yes. So I've got. Oh, I don't have one right here. Mm. I'm trying to. See. What's it um, called? It's called uh, Vichy. You can't pronounce any of the names of my, I don't know why. Why why do you pick those names? Well, Javaja is what she is. It is, it is the name of what she is. And, um, and so Vichy is the name of the not vampires, the, the vampire, not vampires. So the first one, this one is about her. The second one is about another character that is, um, that is Vichy who is not a bad person. Um, And then the third one, which is not out yet, is uh, called Hybrid. And Mm. each of them, so each of the books, like she is in all of the books. Um, The main character for the second book, she's not in this, but she's referenced in this. Um, but she's it's just funny, not- it's funny when they the, the make little characters push themselves and say, I want a book, you gotta write a book about me. <laughs> and they have hardly any mention in the first book. Okay, yeah. I can do your story. <laughs> yes, exactly. It just came naturally too, because there there are two um there's a, a little novelette in between each of these hmm. books. Oh wow. And, and the novelette, the main character of the novelette is her uncle who in this book, he goes to London. And that's where you first meet the main character of the second second book. Right. So you're setting it up nicely for the next novel. So this third one, is it written? Are you writing? Is it? It is, it is about 60 to 70% done. Wonderful. But it's on the back burner right now because Because of so yeah so this has kind of blown up 
I had two uh, different ideas for other series. Um, one is a demon hunter series, which mm. the first book is almost done. That is under contract with Falstaff Books. So that is going to be published by a small publisher. And then I have another series that's been banging around my head for a couple a couple years now called Tea Leaves. And it's about uh, an older than usual for urban fantasy. Uh, she's in her late 30s, early 40s. Woman who owns a tea shop who discovers that she's a witch. And it's going to be like a little lighter. These are these are pretty these are pretty heavy books. They're not yeah. light. Yeah. Um, and so Tea Leaves is going to be a little bit lighter. And then I got this idea while I was writing the first Demon Hunter story, how all three of these series fit and together. Connect together. Yes. <laughs> I and love it. Like, oh my God, this thing is humongous. Holy <laughs> oh, crap. <laughs> so, yeah. so it's all wow. so I've got. So I've got like the Soul Cavern series, which is current. And, you know, we've got one more book for it. And then we've got the Tea Leaf series that I haven't written anything on yet, but I'm going to. And then we've got the Demon Hunter series that come out before probably any of the rest. And they're all going to dovetail into a final two or three book series that's going to take, like, there's there's things in, in the not Demon Hunter series, in these two, that are, that relate to the demon hunter series so then it's all going to kind of dovetail i have no idea how i'm going to freaking do that but at the moment they will separate keep them separate yeah yes. yeah but yeah. they're gonna have but they but they have pieces they they each are going to have pieces that is all going to come together and all of these characters are kind of gonna have to work together at the end to the um, contract you have with the publisher it's the first one you've ever had for your books um yes the first one that I've had for so I I write erotic romance under a pen name and I had um my first book was originally contracted with a publishing company and that publishing company was around for 15 years but they ultimately closed their doors because Amazon right mm -hmm. so um so, which was fine. Like they did it, they ended the business very well. They weren't yeah. one of the ones that blew up or yeah. just disappeared or whatever. They, it was a conscious decision and they did right by all their authors. So that was technically my first publishing contract, but, um, but this is the first, this is the first one that is for more than one book. It's actually a seven books. It's a seven book contract. So it's for the Demon Hunter series and then the end. The, you, the last. you penned uh, Sivnosis for seven books and you hadn't even started the first. No, I had started you the had first. Started. Yes, the first was, yeah, I had, the first was, it was actually, um, I have to, I'm, what I'm doing is I'm working on expanding the first book because the first book was only about 40,000, 45,000 words to start. This is oh. what I would worry about if I had a seven book contract. Would each book be the same length to make it novels or would, when I finish the story, it be a novella? And of course, you can't accept a novella. It's got to be novel length. Yeah. You know, that's you've got the idea of what the book's going to be about. You know, roughly what the character is, what the plots are, but you don't know until you start writing how you're going to fill up those empty pages. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, uh, I don't think that's going to be a problem for me. I tend to write, generally speaking, I tend to write like a, a novel for me, it usually 
is between 70 and 90,000 words. That's usually if I'm, if I'm, if I know something is going to be a novel, that's usually where I end up. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I end up a little shorter. Um, but the thing about this is because it's going to be woven and tied in with others, other, other series, for example, like, so one of the side characters in this book, her aunt is the main character of the tea leaves series. Right. So there's always going to be some like, connection, some connection. Right. So that's it, just by itself is also going to add some into each book. Right. Because yeah. I, ha I have to make sure that I am connecting them in some way so that I, so that it all makes sense when I get to the end, the was, very, very end. Were you given a deadline by the publisher? I do have, I do have a general, um, you know, they're about every five months, I think. Uh, but I'm, our, but the thing is like, I had this summer, I had some medical stuff with my mom that really, uh, really messed up my writing. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, I, I messaged I messaged my publisher and I said, um, I said, I I'm not going to make this deadline and I've missed the deadline, but, uh, but I'm for the first book, but he, but he also knows me and he knows what's going on. So right. he knows that I'm going to make it right. And so then I'm just gonna, you know, and with, with, with a publishing house, the difference between working with a publisher and working on your own, obviously is that you have set deadlines and things like that. But the other thing is that they take a lot longer to get out, right? So if I can get a jump on a couple books, then I'll have like a nice long padding that I can work on my own, you know, my my indie published stuff. And those will probably actually come out before the publisher's books. Yeah, they probably will. Yeah, it does. Yeah. So so they want you to do a book every five months, roughly. Five or six months, something like that, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And and in between while they're doing that, you're going to be working on your indie stuff. Theoretically. Some, some, some theoretically. And don't even mention Vela. <laughs> yes. Well, that's that's how it all works in my head. I'm not oh, really dear. sure how it's gonna you know that's it's exciting you're going to be uh by your computer for quite a few years by the oh, sounds of it yes yeah, so I'm, <laughs> I'm going to be stapled to my keyboard that's how that's <laughs> no that's awesome that's really yeah. good congratulations on the contract that is fabulous so um vanessa where can people find your collection right now and where can they find you on social media so you can search my name, which is right there. You can search my name, Vanessa Junta. You will find me. It's vanessajunta.com. Don't try to spell it on your own. Um, I'm hoping you're going to have links in the, sh in the show course. notes <laughs> because it's way easier. Um, but yes, yeah, so so you can find me if you just look that up. Uh, on Twitter, I am Troyley, T-R-O-I-L-E-E. -E, and um, I'm usually that, if you find that name anywhere else, that's also usually me. Um even though I don't really use it very much anymore, but yeah, and your books? My name, you'll find me and my books are on Amazon. I am currently Amazon exclusive, except for obviously, uh, paperbacks for now. There's, a, there's a reason, there's a reason, but yeah. <laughs> so but okay, I, you, they can get your books on Kindle Unlimited for free. Right. Anybody's that's on right. Kindle Unlimited. So okay. If you're on Kindle Unlimited, you can find Jivaja there. Um, Yes, and all the rest. 
And, and if you're interested in the other book that she's written, then just send, uh, get in touch with Vanessa, yeah. send her a message and she'll give yeah. you her pen name. Because we're yeah. not doing that over oh, yes. there. The, the smut. The, oh, I hate that word. I know you I, do. I, I really have <laughs> all the words in the dictionary. have all the words in the dictionary. Smut. <laughs> you, you notice I avoided it when I first oh, you did. it. Yeah. No. <laughs> And it's also, if you are if you are a writer, please feel free to uh, look up the Writing Tribe on Facebook. We are a very very good group, and we, yes. we support each other. And yes, one hundred percent together and stuff. Yeah, so, I, and I'm so happy that I found you. You've made such a difference for me in my online life. And my life is online. My social connectivity is only mm -hmm. online. I have no one around me in this village. Mm -hmm. This yep. is where everything happens. This is where all my friends are. And uh, having those sprints, I certainly wouldn't be near the finish line of in times of violence if it weren't for your sprints and, and your encouragement as well, because you, you're awesome. You are. Everyone, please go and check out Vanessa's book, support yeah. her and uh, make sure you get in touch with her as well. And come and see us down at the Writing Tribe and and see what we're offering because there's a lot going on in there every day yes. um Vanessa thank you so much for being a guest on behind the pen you are awesome I love you so much and uh, all the best with your books yay who has more fun than us yay <laughs> thank you Karina